Batman was forcing him to tell where the Temple of Dragon is. I think you did that better than the actual voice person there. I was like ready to, uh, all right, just take T-Bob off into the jungle and we'll meet again at the end of the episode. That's all. <laughs> That's all I wanted right there. Take him and go, man. Just go. If you listen yeah. to the, the I'll, I'll call it the joyful music. To me, it reminded me of Dare to be Stupid by Weird Al. Computer, scan files. Select mask agents best suited for this mission. Jason Gross, radio broadcaster, retro gamer, blogger, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename 6000, 80 screw skills critical, Wyatt Bloom, broadcast technician, DJ, critic, mask movie co-writer, vehicle codename Phoenix, 80s analysis vital. Personnel approved. Assemble Mobile Armored Strike Command. Welcome, agents, to MassCast 67 and another fun episode review of the Mobile Armored Strike Command animated series. Coming up on this podcast, we will begin Season 6 of MassCast by examining Episode 51, Dragonfire. You'll hear our usual play-by-play commentary as well as audio clips mixed in from the actual episode audio. We'll then pause to give our opinions at the dramatic halfway point. And at the conclusion of the episode, along with our 1 to 5 scale rating mixed in there, after our final verdict, we'll give you, our listeners, the floor and announce the results of our online poll and also read back your reviews posted at our website, agentsofmask.com. The easiest way to participate in these review podcasts is by visiting the website and then looking for the MassCast assignment in the right-hand column. Dragonfire was originally broadcast on December 9th, 1985 in the United States and features Venom visiting Borneo to seek a lost dragon temple. Mask attempts to stop them from stealing a black market fortune in Jade as the temple reveals its hidden secrets. I'm Jason, one of your humble hosts of MassCast, and with me, as always, is my longtime friend and fellow co-host, the highway to my Jetto. There is a world just beyond now where reality rides a razor-thin seam between fact and possibility. Where the laws of the present collide with the crimes of tomorrow. Patrolling these vast outlands is a new breed of lawman. Guarding the fringes of society's frontiers, they are known simply as highwaymen. And this is their story. Wyatt, are you ready to travel where the laws of the present collide with the crimes of tomorrow? I am. Let's get this helicopter mode going. Man, what's funny is Jason texted me earlier today, in fact. So yes. Someone did a bootleg type of YouTube so now I got to get on it before it disappears somehow. Yeah. Uh, and for those of you who really don't know what we're talking about, it's the television show Highwayman, 
that lasted uh, all of 10 episodes, I believe in 1987, I want to say. 87, maybe 88. It was just, yeah. And uh, I was a late bloomer on that. I, uh, My dad kept telling me about it, but I never got just took the time to look into it and i caught it like on the last two episodes that it aired before it was you know see you later but i that makes they, sense because your dad was the trucker right? yeah and what's funny is years later about in the mid 90s and i'll have to google this uh i used to know it there was some funky sci-fi oh, and i think it was a sci-fi channel movie they brought the trucks back someone you know Oh, so really? TV entity or movies brought them, and I, it was a clip. You know, my dad was sitting there just, you know, thumbing through movies or whatever. And I see it like, that's the highwayman, and it's both trucks. And then that was it. That's all I saw. <laughs> I was a little disappointed. I did Google it a few years ago, and I think it's still around. That highwayman truck, the 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 bigger one. Um, yes, I just Googled it today. Yep, it's a converted RV now. The trailer itself, anyway. Well, from what I've seen, it's it's pretty well intact, and it's actually a mobile tattoo parlor. Well, then they've changed it. Yeah, it's I called. Uh, if you go, uh, I think it's called the Highway. It's either Highway Inc. or Highwayman Inc. Uh, it's Highwayman Inc. Okay, I'm I'm just cheating here. I'm looking on uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, but it was yeah they. The original Highwayman truck was restored, and it's currently owned by a mobile tattoo service, Highwayman Inc. in Sulphur Springs, Texas. That's where the truck resided. That's where its okay. owner that created it, that's where it was, was fabricated in, in Texas. And I don't know where they fr- really filmed the Highwayman series, but it resided there for years. I kept following it off and on, you know, a year or two go by, Google it. There it is. It's still there. It's still for sale. <laughs> uh, so they were trying to re, re uh, redo the the cab. I guess it, I don't know, got deteriorated or just they you know just sitting idle, not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone came along and painted the flames on the trailer just after the jet engines to, mm-hmm. to give it that awe. I don't know if it's still there. Jason may not have the image up right now, but um, it was pretty cool. And then you got Stiletto's uh, chopper semi. I could never locate it, but a Japanese company, ironically, was the one that came up with that that truck design where it looked like a essentially a box car. Oh, you're talking about uh, Jacko's truck? No, Jacko. Sorry, Jetto. Jacko. Jetto. Yeah, Jetto, Jetto was his name. Uh, I was just reading here that the uh, his truck in the show was uh, later used for the first episodes of Power Rangers Time Force. There you go. There's a fun fact for you. And um, yeah, I mean, the uh, I have just little memories of it. And it could be, it, uh, did you tape the show maybe? I have, have one episode taped. I think I still have the VHS on that. See, I'm thinking I might have even watched it at your house or something is how I caught this show. And all I've seen is little glimpses and images in the you know intro outro and um, I was actually listening to the uh, the first Rediscover the Eighties podcast where we talked about Jacko the uh, the Energizer Bonnie uh, guy Oi. Yeah. Um, 
and that's what kind of spawned me to get go searching for uh, Highwayman. And uh, so now I'm ready to go binge that on uh, on YouTube. There, the first episode is like a movie. It's it's like a it ninety is. minute movie. It is, and then yeah. there's uh, there's nine other episodes. I think those are maybe sixty minutes or forty minutes, whatever right. the the uh, standard was back then for an hour show. Right, and its creator was Glenn Larson, who created Knight Rider. Right, so right. The novelty coolness of it, and that's why, at least for me, I saw the I'll call it the likeness. Uh, I still remember, you know, kind of like the Kit Knight Rider screen, like talking to Devin, except they talked to whoever the boss was. Mm-hmm. And the lighting that the, the uh, for lack of a better term, templates for the buttons and lights was very close to the newer season three, season four Knight Rider dash. So I, I'm like, is that it? Never put two and two together till <laughs> years later. I was researching it and I came up that Glenn Larson tried to tried to sell it off and it didn't work out very well. Gotcha. Sadly, I thought gotcha. that was a cool, cool uh, concept, but I, in my head, you know, of course me with my airwolf, I thought it'd be even cooler to have airwolf be the chopper pod that flies mm-hmm. in and somehow lands on it, tucks itself away. And you don't yeah. know it's really airwolf, which you, you and I and anybody else <laughs> from the eighties would know that's airwolf. Right. That right. whole it's in stealth mode. It's a truck. Yeah, yeah. the helicopter yeah, yeah. body on top. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it's it's a cool concept, and again, it's it's something I've never watched all the way through before. So, I'm going to try to do that while it's still available. Yeah, uh, over on YouTube because you know, as they describe it here, it's Mad Max meets Knight Rider. So it's kind of in this like post-apocalyptic future, and you have these lawmen who are you know fighting crime with these crazy vehicles. So it's it's a little, I, you know, it's it's a little in the neighborhood of mask, I guess you could say, with the with the transforming vehicles. Yeah, you know. Uh, so you know, that's why I was like, well, this would be the perfect time to talk about it on a show like this, where we're talking about uh, a team that has transforming vehicles. You know. <laughs> well, would you think that Kit was partly mask when he hit super pursuit mode? I mean, he kind of, sort of. <laughs> I'm reaching there. <laughs> Well, he did. Now he did go on the water that one episode, right? He did. So he was kind of, kind of like shark, maybe a little bit. If he had put out like the super pursuit mode and then jumped on the water, he'd look a little bit more mask-ish. Now, we'll have but, to do another another one. And you said it too. Maybe the next mask cast will do the Viper chat. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think he's more That's of a mass vehicle there, but That's true. That's true. That's another one that I've I found texting him about. It's on the same YouTube channel. I love me that ma- that Viper. I I was die hard when it came out. I was already in love with the Dodge Viper. It didn't matter what they were going to do with it. But then I started you know, seeing the promos. I'm like, okay, finally we get a car that's going to be the star, not right. Right, dressed up soap operas. Come on, give me some yeah. real, real car stars like Kit Knight Rider or uh, Airwolf and something like that. I saw that yeah. car, man. I followed it. I followed it until it dropped off the face of the earth, and then uh, <laughs> they, they, of course, I started joined the military, and it's all past tense now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll move on and uh, let's go get our mask on. Get your mask on. 
really there's there hasn't been uh, a whole lot of news that we haven't really already covered. Uh, if you'll go back just one episode in the podcast feed and go uh, listen to what we were talking about with Hasbro and how they've kind of shaped their uh, their movie universe now, uh, essentially eliminating Mask, which really sucks. Yeah. Um, but since the last time we did a a regular Mask cast episode. Uh, the comic series did come to an end. It lasted uh, 10 issues. And I really want to do kind of a wrap-up or a final verdict-type uh, mass cast chat, maybe with uh, Eric or Bill, who's ever available, or anyone else out there that wants to jump on with us um, and talk about that whole comic series and, and how it ended and what you liked, what you didn't like, and just kind of give an overview of... Uh, what IDW did with it and uh, and kind of go from there. I have collected most of the issues, most of the covers, probably about, I'd say probably about 80% or 85%. So I've, and I've gone through them all. It's, it's been a while since I read uh, the, the last, well, the, the first issues I've, you know, kind of read the last ones, but it kind of, for me, it kind of tailed off a little bit and it dropped that little section, which was kind of like the fan section, you know, that we got real excited about in those first, uh, I think, four or five issues mm-hmm. when they were interviewing Doug and had um, little highlights of from collectors and stuff. And uh, that's what I was really geared up for. But uh, that kind of tailed off towards the end to make way for advertisements for other <laughs> comic books, really. Uh, they did come back though, right after I think it was right after they ended, or right towards the end of where uh, issue ten was released, and they plugged in Mask into this uh, four comic volume of uh, what they called First Strike, and I did they did do a uh, like a one issue Mask comic book to deal with that uh, series. And I did grab those. I sadly didn't read them. Um, so I haven't really, I don't know. I wasn't really interested in getting back into that universe after I finished up the mask series. So would encourage your thoughts on that too. If anyone out there has, uh, has read first strike and, and how that uh, tied into the, uh, the 10 issue series and your, you know, thoughts, comments on that, you can go ahead and leave those and, We'll uh, we'll put that out there maybe when we uh, do our overview of the the comic series, but um, yeah, that's that's been about it. We got the the end of the IDW series. We got masks showing up a little bit in that first strike, which was uh, last fall, and uh, you know then it things got kind of stirred up around Christmas and first of the year with uh, Hasbro's you know, announcement on the movies and such. And uh, that's been about it. It's been, been pretty quiet. I've, I've been pretty quiet <laughs> uh, along the way too. Haven't, uh, haven't dove in like we, you know, usually had with uh, these episode reviews and posted uh, panoramas and stuff that I usually did over there on Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter. Uh, I did get one done tonight. If you uh, will get over there and, and check that out and we'll get to that as we review the episode, but uh, as we get back into podcasting, maybe I'll get more motivated to, to get more stuff on the website. <laughs> That'd be great. 
I mean, so, I, I uh, need to get in, involved as well. Uh, again, work mostly takes up, consumes most of my day. Yeah, I mean, me as well with the, with the new job, so I don't get a chance to dig down the web as much during the day. But anyway, here we are. And uh, here we are ready to to dive into season six, episodes 51 to 60. So uh, are you ready to go to Borneo, my friend? I'm ready to start the mouse cast. We gaze upon a foggy mountain, then pan downwards on a village where we find Scott amazed that medicine is found in trees. That's how they get quinine, Scott. There's enough in the bark of this cinchona for doctors to treat hundreds of malaria patients. Oh, I know another important thing doctors get from trees. What's that? Tongue depressors. And the trio, <laughs> along with Julio Lopez, have a little uh, chuckle. Dr. Munda walks mm-hmm. up enjoying some laughter and provides them with some refreshments. Julio asks if he could have a peek at his botany experiments. Dr. Munda replies that it'd be his pleasure that a thunderstorm surprises them. Wow, what was that? Hope it's not a storm. Oh, when it rains, my head leaks and my feet flood. (laughs) Again, one of those... Now the the tongue maybe it was just because I hadn't watched an episode in several several months, but uh, <laughs> the tongue depressors thing actually made me chuckle. Yeah, this was one of those roll your eye moments. Yeah, and, and then it was all downhill from there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so Doctor Mundo states that the that Mount Kinabalu is acting up. Matt questions that uh, the Mount Kinabalu with Doctor Munda pointing out that it is ahead of him being the largest mountain in Barneo. Its peak is always covered by those greenish clouds. The natives say the clouds hide Kinabalu's secrets. What kind of secrets? Perhaps you should tell them, Ata. Oh, it's angry mountain. Many people climb to find its secrets, but no come back. Thunder is roar of dragons, and the lightning is dragon fire. See, it is green. When it grows dark, the dragon fire filled the sky. Scott asked T-Bob, wouldn't he like to meet a real fire-breathing dragon? He says with his luck, he'll end up Kentucky Fried T-Bob. <laughs> uh-huh. That was actually kind of a chuckle. <laughs> not a great chuckle, but not yeah. a holy rise moment for me. Well, I, have, <laughs> I hadn't put rolled my eyes in the, in the notes yet, but okay. that's coming. Uh, Matt is still puzzled by the green lightning. And Julio wonders what's going on up there, as Matt says he'd like to find out. Uh, well, then we are transferred later, and we are descended on the greenhouse, with Julio very impressed at how many different plants are growing. This is fascinating. You have so many different types of plants. Now, this specimen is particularly interesting. It appears to have the ability to sense danger. Watch. Fantastico. Where did you find it? It grows in only one place, on the slopes of Mount Kinabalu. That's where I discovered most of these plants. Almost all of them have amazing, almost magical properties. Well, Scott is amazed by this, and then he hears a sound, and he investigates by opening the back door to the greenhouse. T-Bob warns him to be careful. It could be a killer turnip, and this is where I rolled my eyes the first time. Uh, 
they discover a orangutan in a cage outside with Scott commenting that it's cute. T-Bob says it's got a beautiful head of hair all over its body. Another roll my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the doctor approaches and sees they've met Simbala. Is this your pet, Dr. Munda? No. Some natives brought her here to me. She was injured while trying to defend her child against a tiger. That's too bad. Is the kid okay? Don't know. We can't find it. It escaped during the attack. Poor Simbala is heartbroken. Well, T-Bob says he'll cheer her up, and he starts dancing around and making like noises, like monkey noises. And everybody, of course, starts to laugh at him. And then T-Bob approaches the cage, and Matt suggests that Simbala thinks T-Bob is her baby. So T- so uh, Simbala then grabs T-Bob through the bars and tries to make him eat a banana. <laughs> T-Bob says, no, thank you. They don't appeal to me. Roll my eyes. <laughs> Scott eggs Scott then eggs on T-Bob saying he's got a pretty mother now. Mm-hmm. But uh just about then Matt pulls Dr. Munda to the side and he asks him if he could watch Scott and T-Bob for a couple days now. Uh the doctor agrees as Matt explains he and Julio want to get a closer look at the dragon fire. Dr. Munda advises against it though that even he doesn't understand all of its mysteries. Matt insists on going so long as he doesn't mind watching Scott and T-Bob, which, I don't know, that might be a chore of its own, trying to discover mysteries. Anyway, Dr. Munda says it's not a problem. T-Bob's good for Sambala. He might help speed her recovery. Oh, Sambala's trying to make a monkey out of me. (laughs) (laughs) So we come to the next day, finally. I think we need to add another gauge on our mass cast. Okay. How many roll your eye moments does Jason count for the for T Bob? I usually keep track and it's usually <laughs> approaching double digits. <laughs> <laughs> so we fade up to the next scene where we see Thunderhawk cruising through the jungle with Julio still amazed at the green mist and asking if Matt has a clue of what they'll find. Matt replies that he hasn't the foggiest. But um bump. Then we hear Chance with Matt suggesting that it looks like trouble as we hear the squealing tires as Matt corners. Inside a village, a man states that it was horrible, that bad man was forcing him to tell where the Temple of Dragon is. I think you did that better than the actual voice person there. <laughs> I was trying to make out who that was, and I couldn't quite. I don't think it was Doug, but I, I couldn't either. But th- especially this guy, I had to go back and repeat a couple times rewind to uh to catch what he was saying the temple of dragons what's that is sacred place of my people built many years ago by our gods when Mino tell bad men how to find it they destroy our meeting place with boom boom matt asks for, for a description to which the man replies that he couldn't see their faces only strange masks julio states that it's the obvious it's venom and they mean business Matt walks over to the wreckage and says that the side of the building is perforated with little holes and jokes that it's putting an air conditioning the hard way. Julio calls Matt over, showing him ball bearings all over. Yep, the exact same type Floyd Malloy uses in his buckshot mask. It's Venom, all right. Time to call in the team. I guess to me, we had a weak intro for me. There's no mask computer. You know, the, the protocol. Come on. 
But the monitor yeah. pops up, and we get Brad Turner with Condor. He's useful for mountain climbing uh, while he's jamming with his headphones, and he runs out with headphones on and pulls his stereo, his hi-fi. <laughs> We've all done that before, right? Uh, not me. Oh, okay. Not, not knowingly. I, th- I think I've done that a time or two. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Gloria Baker gets shark. She is a former student of anthropology. Why is she a former student? <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, she's in the middle of karate fighting and ducks out with the opponent thrusting with the fist and then falling flat on his face. Julio is already pre-selected with Firefly, and and he's a doctor in family medicine. Don't know why that was important at this moment. We'll see <laughs> later. And we get Matt, you know. Uh, approved a simple mobile armor strike command. Then he converts Thunderhawk into jet mode and they sail away. T Bob is peeling a banana while saying, She loves me, she loves me not, she loves me in size, tossing the banana into a huge stack of bananas behind him. Symbala uh, blows T Bob a kiss and he t- tells her to stop that. He's not her kid. He asks if he looks like a banana with her replying with a yes. Scott laughs from a distance while munching on a banana himself. <laughs> Scott? Symbolus really gone ape over you. Looks like she wants you to move into her cage. Oh, I'm not moving anywhere. As he begins to walk towards Scott, slipping on a banana peel and sliding right back into the cage with Symbala now comforting. <laughs> Scott laughs, of course. T-Bob tells her to get her furry hands off of him. They end up basically rocking that cage to the point of it tipping over. Then Sabala emerges from the opening and carries T-Bob off into the jungle. Scott runs in pursuit with T-Bob shouting, follow that ape. That actually was kind of funny to me. I thought we could just get rid of that whole scene right there. I think I got a precursor of what your rating is going to be already. Well, <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, up to this point, not knowing the second half of the episode, it just, I was like ready to, uh, all right, just take T-Bob off into the jungle and we'll meet again at the end of the episode. That's all. <laughs> That's all I wanted right there. Take him and go, man. Just go. Scott, why are you chasing him down? Just let him go. <laughs> now here's the comical part. I, 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 I put a little, thing on my notes when i heard golf into the jungle i couldn't help but hear think of welcome to the jungle in my head <laughs> yeah. now that would have been more entertaining have uh, guns and roses as the soundtrack there you yeah. go that's uh that would be what i would be looking for there um okay so we uh <laughs> after scott runs after simbala uh, clutching t-bob into the jungle we uh, come back to Thunderhawk landing amongst a field of flowers and uh, like plants. And Julio and Matt are now in their mask flight suits magically. Yep. Flowers? There's thousands of them. Hey, maybe that's what Mayhem is after. You could be right. Dr. Munda said the plants on Mount Kinabalu have almost magical properties. I'll take a look. Thunderhawk stops now, and Julio gets out to have a look. Matt tells him to be careful as he walks through this field down this path. Matt calls out to him to see if he sees anything interesting, but he can't see Julio anymore. 
Then Matt gets out calling for him again as he's walking down the same path. He finds Julio face down and asks what happened to him. Julio doesn't respond. He kind of grunts a little bit, and Matt notices some human skulls nearby. You've got a grave situation here. Huh? Oh. The flowers, they're poison. As he collapses, groaning, and we fade to the dramatic commercial break with both of the agents face down in this field. So that was a that was a pretty good drama leading up to the uh, to halftime here. Give me your impressions so far. Well, I'll start with the positive. It was a good call up. Minus that they didn't actually, you know, do the whole connect mass computer uplink, okay. the whole nine. But anyway, so it was a good call up. You start seeing that there's a small plot coming together. They've assumed that Venom's the enemy. They're they're ready to to engage, but they want to still investigate what is so magical or intriguing about this mountain, this uh, uh, yeah, the Dragon Mountain. It seems like the monkey scene was, though actually a little comical, was drawn out. I know you alluded to it. Yeah. Just too much, but it may lead to now knowing, but as I was writing this down, you know, it, this this monkey scene might lead to part two. So we see how it works out. Uh, I like the mystery of the mountain and the ever curious Matt who just can't help but explore what he's not allowed to. Mm-hmm. Um I like the suspense with Julio basically disappearing off into the flowers and not responding. And then we see Matt following along, trying to look for his buddy and then passes out himself. The ticks that slight markdowns was the call up got to me a little bit. The flying scene, it looked like, cause you see that the doors open. Mm-hmm. So initially, I thought they were still flying until I realized they had landed. To right. me, there was a little bit of a disconnect that they actually landed on the ground. Yeah. So I thought that was a little, they could have done that better. Like you mentioned, they mysteriously changed into flight suits somehow, like they've done before. Um, yeah. And the other thing, a little minor tick, but I've, I maybe I never noticed it before. But has T-Bob always had that bleepy noise along with the voice? Oh, kind of in the background, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's always had that kind of mechanical. I guess I just never picked up on it as much as I did this time around. Maybe uh, just oddity for me today. So (laughs) overall, I'm at a 4.5. Just a little markdown. So, okay. How about you? You're a three, right? Oh, I'm 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 getting into it. Um, (laughs) I do agree. It was like a slow building episode. It just felt like okay, let's get through this scene. Let's get to the next one. Okay, we're here, and we kind of slow down. And all right, we're finally to the next scene. You know, it it just kind of felt like it was slow building. You know, we got the call up, but no agents yet. That's that's fine because I know there were some episodes we don't get the call up until after halftime. You right. Know, so, uh, 
we didn't get any venom technically. We didn't. I I, I kind of wanted a scene with venom in the first half, just to kind of see a little bit what they're doing. Not necessarily to reveal the whole plot and plan and and all that. You know, I w- would have liked to see maybe a, a scene of them speeding through the, you know, the the field where they were at or something, and just setting a, them up a little bit more. Uh, but you know, some people might prefer not to have like a full reveal yet. So I don't know. I just felt like they could they could have had a, a maybe like one scene. Uh, I like the drama. I, you know, when we faded out, I was like, I had honestly no idea how they were going to escape from this. If the uh, what, what I was hoping would happen was the uh, the transport plane comes in and the other agents find them and rescue them, you know, or something right. like that. But I don't know. I was also thinking, however, that you know, if they're going through this uh, area that they thought was dangerous, and they've had multiple warnings from people. The one guy even said, you know, people have gone and they've never come back. You know, why wouldn't you have your mask on or something? Maybe, I don't know, maybe that would have filtered out the toxins from this poisonous mushroom, the sleeping mushrooms, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> that was just more kind of something that hit me along the way. Right. And the the T Bob jokes were starting to wear on me. You know that. I don't know. That whole scene just seemed a little bit ridiculous with T Bob. You know, he the monkey taking T Bob into the jungle. If it was just for comedic value. Now, again, these were my impressions at halftime, so it did kind of come back around after the break. So I was just feeling there better be a little bit more something to this because right. it, it's, a, it, I didn't want that whole sidebar with them just fooling with the monkey, the whole episode, you know? So that, that did get better. Um, and then just a little final thought on like the animation. I, I don't know. I thought it was just kind of average. And again, maybe this is because I haven't watched an episode in a while, but <laughs> Except for like those lead-in shots, like they always do to set up the scene where they're coming in on that bungalow and then the village, um, they do some nice panning left to right, up and down, and, right. and zooming in and stuff. So they always set up the scenes really nice in the episodes. But that was there wasn't really anything spectacular that jumped out at me. You know, there's always a few shots that I noticed. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I'm that. It's really creative the way they did that. I didn't get any of that in the first half. And, you know, like I mentioned before, too, the voice work for the natives was a little funky, too, where I couldn't fully understand them. And I I had to stop and rewind and go back and listen. Okay. He was saying bad men. Okay. Uh, anyway. Right. Starting with a five, I'm going all the way down to three and a half. I, <laughs> I, took, a, I took a point and a half off. Jeez. So I'm down to three and a half on this one. I just, I don't know. I I was hoping it was going to at least stay at that level or, or get a little bit better with the story and how they were setting it up. But I had to bring it down some. Those daggum jokes were just killing me. <laughs> <laughs> and some of it, it was, I don't know. Well, I'll talk a little bit about more of it at the end. But anyway, <laughs> coming back from the break, we, uh, really don't know what happened right away, do we? No, we fade up. We see and hear T-Bob yelling for Scott 
to help him while hopping through the trees with Zambala. Scott is swinging through the vines like Tarzan and tells him, You've got to stop her, T-Bob! She's taking you up Mount Kitabaloo! I know, but there's nothing I can do! Scott ends up landing on a branch, looking around in the mist, and tells him to keep yelling. He asks which way did he go? T-Bob yells back, That's it, the one thing he's good at, then yells out, <laughs> That was kind of funny. Yeah. Make a problem solve there. So Scott grabs another vine and begins to swing. Then we cut to Zimbala landing on a branch that breaks. Zimbala catches her balance but loses her grip on T Bob, sending him plummeting to the ground. Zimbala looks around for T Bob through the mist, makes a few monkey sounds, and then hops off. We cut to T Bob looking himself over and seeing only one dent. Then a little arm emerges from T-Bob's head, cap, whatever it is, and repairs the dent, which I'm guessing that this was a new feature since the episode in which Scott basically did a, a small bumping out job on him, but I guess excessively tired about it. So he added a little feature to pop the dents out. <laughs> anyway, after repairing himself, he begins yelling for Scott and walking around and comments that it's one of those pea soup fogs. Without the soup. Hey! Anyone here? Hey! Whoa! What's this? Huh? Julio? <sighs> Matt! Hey! Oh, what happened to you guys? <sighs> Next, we see T-Bob carrying the both of them, with Scott now walking into the scene, quietly saying help. T-Bob puts the agents down and grabs Scott, asking him to hold on. Scott confirms that it's T-Bob, as he seems to be just basically out of it. Then he says that he feels so sleepy. T-Bob quips, welcome to T-Bob's slumber party. And then he converts into scooter mode and, and uh, basically grabs all three. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you do that. But anyway, he grabs them all. And we see him hauling them all while he's saying that he's not kind of lost anymore, now he's just completely lost. I'm still trying to figure out, like you said, how he's loaded everybody up after converting, uh, whatever. Yeah, I, and even just pulling Matt and Julio themselves over his shoulders on either right. side. And I just can't picture him, you know, they're like feet dragging behind them and how he's able to, I don't know, I don't picture T-Bob as that being that strong, you know. Who knows? But we're now at minute 13 and 16. Right. And we finally get uh, a little scene with Venom here with that wonderful military theme in the background. Uh, we see Venom vehicles Stinger and Piranha and Vampire. Uh, behind the wheel of Stinger, Bruno spots a boulder ahead in the road. Huh? Crud. Another boulder. Get rid of it. We're too close to the peak to detour now. And they all pull up and Stinger pulls sideways to activate the trunk claw. It opens and takes one big swing at the boulder to essentially chop it in half. And then he picks up the other like large piece in the way and he moves it and it lands right above uh, Malloy on the vampire bike who... Looks a little frightened that like yeah, I would it be. might come down on him, and 
He decides to heck with this, and he just speeds ahead with all the other vehicles now following him. Waiting up there is the luckiest find of my life, the Temple of Dragons. Soon the temple's riches will be mine. I was a little disappointed. There was no idiot insults or anything right there from Floyd, like, hey, you idiot, or something. Well, it, it kind of looked like it, he was going to say something. That's so why he hit that crazy look on his face, like, watch out, you moron, or whatever. Yeah, but Because they did go back and forth a little bit later in the episode. But, like, yeah, like you say, that would have been a great time for a little back and forth. Monkey scene and added one of those in there. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, anyway, okay, so now as they remove this obstruction and uh, head back towards the temple, uh, we go back to Mask, and Scott is now waking up, wondering where he is, with T-Bob, Matt, and Julio standing over him. You have nothing to worry about now. T-Bob saved our lives. T-Bob, you're a hero! A hero? Oh, I was scared. Uh, My shocks are still in shock. Rolling my eyes. Yeah. Uh, they all chuckle. There was a lot of chuckling in this episode. I don't know. It just seemed like, uh, you know, for being on a mission and stuff, they were laughing, taking time out to laugh a lot. Anyway, so they all chuckle as Scott spots the mask, quote unquote, hovercraft. Yeah. Now we have a we, name for the plane. Well, we, yeah, we usually call it the transport plane and, I believe it has shown hovering abilities before. It has. Uh, for some reason, I want to say it's the Green Nightmare episode, but I could be wrong. But yeah, this is, I think, the second time we, at least we've seen it kind of swoop in and land like a Harrier jet uh, right there in front of the agents. And we see those big mouth cargo doors open up, and we see Condor and Shark and Firefly emerging. I don't know who's driving Firefly, but that's my question. Exactly. <laughs> but we get a nice shot now of uh, Brad and Gloria and Julio putting on his mask in the Firefly cockpit. Uh, and then we get this nice swooping shot from uh, right to left of all of the vehicles right in front of the transport plane or the hovercraft, as Scott calls it. Right. That was a really cool shot. That's the one that I made a panorama of and uh, and put up on Facebook. But anyway, Matt tells them to get going, and it's time to ruin Mayhem's day. And all I could think of, but how do they know where Mayhem is? Exactly. <laughs> so, okay, well, anyway, they roll out through the jungle with Simbala looking overhead. And now we're back to Venom. Right. As they, they approach the temple, which is... Glittering now with Miles astounded, saying, A masterpiece! What a magnificent work of art! The entire temple is made of pure jade. It'll be worth a fortune on the black market. Especially the dragons! Come on, there really ain't no fire-breathing dragons around here, right? Of course not! Ordinary lightning reflected off the Jade Temple. Floyd seems inquisitive and rolls up the temple steps and meets a dragon face with the eyes glowing. It spooks him and he races out of the temple, surprising the rest of the Venom agents. Floyd pulls up along Miles and and with the windows down on Scorpion, 
tells him that a dragon i saw it it's inside it's huge and even uglier than bruno you that's the real reason we're here i want that dragon head <laughs> The finest, purest jade in the world. It'll easily bring in ten million dollars. Rip it out. The Stinger Claw. Uh, I called it Scorpio Stinger. I guess that episode screwed me up because they were in, in the Scorpio, Scorpion. Scorpio. Thing. Yeah. Um. So anyway, the Stinger Claw comes out, and Bruno states that he's going to show them an old wrestling hold, the headlock. <laughs> And immediately I thought of WWF and old Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, anyway, the claw grabs what looks like the teeth of the mask, this this dragon face, and Miles is struck to take it outside and to be careful. Just as they prep to exit, Rex and Floyd race in saying, Big trouble. Yeah, we got company out there. Mask! Keep them away from the temple at all costs. We'll give them a surprise attack. And as Mask approaches, Julio says there's no sign of Venom around the temple. Matt says they are near and eyes their vehicle tracks along the road. He tells the team they need to be ready and orders them to convert to defense mode. And we see Thunderhawk and Condor and Firefly convert into action. Uh, I'm not sure why we didn't see Shark there. Then we see Stinger and Vampire convert, and they approach Mask head-on as Mayhem now is telling Bruno... There, Shark! Hold her back! And it blasts its wheel lasers at Shark as Gloria steers towards the water and basically drives right into it. Obviously, yeah. she can, she can uh, handle that in Shark. In the sky now, we see vampires shooting two missiles at Thunderhawk. They and we've seen this trick from Thunderhawk before, actually, to uh, Switchblade. But the missiles attach to the door wings and engage, and it forces Thunderhawk essentially backwards, mm-hmm. counteracting its engines. We see that uh, Scott and T Bob are actually inside Thunderhawk, with T Bob saying, "It's been nice knowing me." He's you know obviously <laughs> getting scared. Uh, Matt tries to counteract them. He's kind of fidgeting with the stick there. And uh, that's when Condor swoops in. And uh, Brad says he's going to put a start to that stop and shoots those missiles off the wings. And then we get Venom essentially retreating to the temple and using it kind of as a, a battle platform there and starts firing its lasers back towards Mask as they're approaching. But little do they know behind them that these creatures have emerged from the chamber below where the dragon head was. And one of these lizard-like creatures comes behind Rax and starts breathing on him. Stop breathing down my neck, Floyd. I said... Rax, where do you think you're going? Come back here! Then we see Stinger and Vampire making a getaway. Brad, from above, now wonders what's with Venom as they now see these dragons, as Scott calls them, emerging from the temple. 
Matt says they're huge monitor lizards. Now we see uh, Gloria, who's somehow back on the land, telling Julio they need to send them back to the temple. Julio, let's send them back home. Okay. Streamer oil slick on. This was just ridiculous to me. Okay. Julio shoots this oil slick. Uh, I, th- I think he's at a blast of oil slick or something. Yeah. It gets all over the road. And then Gloria uses the aura to essentially slide these lizards back towards the temple or in the temple. And the, they all retreat to their hole. And Gloria says it's time they put a lid on them. So Aura does its best lifter imitation and picks up the dragon head and places it back over the chamber with the lizards. Uh, I guess we, there's more to Aura than meets the eye. Uh, <laughs> but Aura seems to be that magical, whatever they want to do with it, they'll do with it. It could it be is. lifter one day. It could be a shockwave type blast the next. You know, you, you never know. I'm going to go a, a tick back when the when these... Uh-huh. I I didn't call them creatures. I called them crocodiles because that's what it looked like at first when they were emerging out of that pit. If you listen yeah. to the the I'll, I'll call it the joyful music. To me, it reminded me of "Dare to Be Stupid" by Weird Al. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just it, I'm listening to it. I'm like, man, am I watching the Transformers movie? The 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 junk bots. <laughs> this is hilarious. I but, think yeah. I have my song for uh, if I ever do a dagger music video i'm gonna use dare to be stupid now that would be awesome as he gets ejected <laughs> off the bike <laughs> no no dagger and uh anyway i don't yeah. know that just kind of popped in my head so after this crazy uh team up here with gloria and julio matt encourages them good work i don't know who was more scared Venom or the monitor lizards? Let's get a good look at that jade lizard head. The duo looks for a few seconds and Scott says neat with T-Bob asking if he just hissed. One of the lizards didn't essentially go home and he peeps out from behind the dragon jade and starts walking towards them with the duo stuck in a corner and the mass team rushing to their aid. And of course, they're not wearing their masks, so I don't know how they're going to help. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Simbala rescues them by sticking a large log, I would call it, in the lizard's mouth, which makes it just simply turn and walk away out of scene. Matt, Matt asks if they're okay, and Scott replies they are, they are thanks to Simbala. They look to see where she ran off to, and then they spot her with her lost baby. Isn't that cute? Look at them. They act like they're almost human. Yeah, uh, just like me. (laughs) (laughs) There's so so much wrong in that whole scene. (laughs) Yeah. Where did the baby come from? You know, like you said, they didn't have their mask. What were they going to do? You know, beat the tar out of the lizard before it eats the... Anyway, uh, yeah, we fade out and we fade up into our wonderful PSA. 
at the right. end, which kind of tied in. You know, it's about lightning and thunderstorms. So we uh, we fade up, and Scott and T Bob are caught in the middle of a thunderstorm in a field. And T Bob suggests, "We better go under that tree." No, T Bob. Whenever you're caught outdoors in thunderstorms, stay away from trees because they attract lightning. No. And just about that time, lightning strikes the tree that they were going to, and it kind of catches on fire and falls over. And T-Bob says he was right. And being around him is one shock after another. And Scott laughs in the pouring rain as we fade to black. And that was our episode. Uh, Let's you go first so you can say all the positive things you would like to say. Oh, I'm, I'm re- I do have a few. I do have I'm, a few. I'm sure. They got the names right, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm changing my rating because on the on our on our poll, mm-hmm. I was initially at a, we'll call it a rounded up five. I was really liking it. Going through it again now that we've had a second couple months look at it <laughs> um i i think i've marked it down at least one but we'll go here to me the whole thing was there was good drama there was that start and stop like you suggested but to me it was it was good for the most part good details throughout most of the episode the animation was a little downgraded but not not like it has been we've seen worse before the attacks and interaction as well as the mask use was a little bit better than we've seen in past most recent episodes. There was a quick, but actually a decent runaway from venom with the lizards still, you know, they engage in enemies and a lizard scares them away. I I don't know. Um, Ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. However, they could have engaged or tried to hurt them with masks coming in. Something could have been done. For me, I guess it just didn't take that much away. Simbala rescuing the duo was great, but where did that lizard go that walked away? Where'd he go? Back in the hole? Is he wandering the woods? You know, whatever. <laughs> the major dings I had was the the reverse jet rockets that were on Thunderhawk. It it if it's not going forward and it's not going backward, what's you, keeping it up there? It right, should be going up like a rock. <laughs> so to me, it just turned locked it in like hover mode yeah uh, so i that that put it down for me i marked it down for that oil slick because and i'm looking at the mechanics of it not the, the cartoon side of it oil and car typically slide yeah they were not sliding at all no not at all so that that marked it down for me um like we identified where were their masks when the duo are getting bombarded do they think the mission was over? Obviously they did because they took their masks off. But I would have thought someone, Matt usually has that mask, the Spectrum mask in his hand somewhere. So at least he could have done something. And then, like you well, like you said, where'd that where'd the baby come from? <laughs> was it just sitting in the this temple this whole time and just chilling? And then this latter half, the jokes were starting to get to me. So I I pulled it down to a four so we'll have to somehow change my rating on the polls but i'm at a four 
I'm afraid to ask what yours is. <laughs> is it a panda power rate? You're you're way too generous on your ratings. Maybe I, I don't know. I I I just feel like I'm a little more realistic. But anyway, it, you might talk me down to panda power if we keep going at this. <laughs> I, I don't know. It just I from the beginning to the end. It just felt like the story was just spliced together too much. You know, there's just so many questions that came up and trying to piece the story from front to back together. And it was kind of like they were making it up as we go. Oh, we forgot to, uh, we were going to talk about the uh, Urangutang's baby. Oh, we'll just make it appear at the end of the episode. Everybody will be happy. You know, and again, I understand this is for kids. Kids aren't going to pick up on all these little details, but it's just us no. going back now, and this is our rating now. So I really hate to be a downer on the first episode back, you know, first episode of the season. But I pulled it down to a two. I, I pulled it to a two. Holy uh, cow, it's a panda power. No, panda power was one. Panda was power it? was the only one that I've ever given, and I stand by that one. Um <laughs> uh, I don't know. I there's just too many times where I had to connect the dots, and I was like, "This is this is horrible." You know, the best things I pulled out when they did the conversion scene, that scene, and then the ones when the the agents initially roll out, those were a really good sequence. The animation was great. I loved uh, Condor's conversion on the scene. You could tell that was new. And it had that really awesome sound effects with the helicopter. I mean, I could really tell listening or watching and listening with my headphones in that the uh, sound effects were great. They did have that kind of hovering Thunderhawk sound, which I'm not really, it's not the best one to use, I think. But uh, I did like Condor and that conversion and those scenes were, were really good. And, you know, of course, the like I said, the PSA tied in, so we always give it a little bit extra for that. Um, I I had a lot of bad, and the more that I hear you talking, I don't know. I, I some of these were maybe more ticks than bad, but I just kind of listed them all out. You know, the main thing was okay. So how did Venom learn where the temple was, and so much about this dragon head that was there? Because you remember in the beginning the first half of the episode, when they met the native guy, he was like, I didn't tell him anything. And they blew up my, you know, boom, boom. <laughs> so the, unless they raided another village or something, how did they get up this information? Cause it was a big mystery. I mean, that was right. part of it. It was curious. They didn't know what was up there. So how do they know everything? I, I that's what I wanted to, them to solve a little bit as they're working their way up. And then the second part was, why wasn't Mask as surprised and stunned and in awe like Venom was when they initially saw the temple? It was like, oh, I I don't see Venom around the temple. There's a whole freaking temple full of, you know, that's made of jade that you've never seen before. Why aren't you freaking out? Right. You know, I that was like... Uh, I don't know. I, I I wanted some of that mystery and whole uh, setup about that, you know, temple on the mountain and all that to to be more impactful to to mask when they saw it. You know, I mentioned they left Gloria out of the conversion scene, obviously probably because there was no water. But then, 
They do throw some water in there so she can drive her car into it, but we don't see it coming back out. And we don't see it used. Uh, there, again, it's just a lot of cut and splice, a lot of connect the dots. La 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 la. That they, la. That, they <laughs> that they make the audience go through while you're watching this. You know, the whole oil slick and aura trick. It just, I have no idea how that combination was su- supposed to work. And why it didn't, like you said, why it didn't affect the mass vehicles at all driving through it. You know, it would make a little more sense if he like laid a path of oil slick to that opening. Right. And then she used the aura to push them into the oil and slide them down into that thing. That's what I thought they were going to do, but it wasn't really portrayed on screen. Uh, So that, and I was like, wow. Okay. That was just crazy. <laughs> Another thing that really bothered me was I'm not sure why they chose the agents that they did, other than that Julio was there. Their their skills that they announced, you know, okay, so uh, Brad's a big rock climber, mountain climber. Well, why didn't they show him somehow climbing up the mountain? Right. You know, uh, maybe that was the drama or something. I, I don't know. Gloria could have easily been replaced by Bruce with his lifter mask True. for, for what, you know, she was doing. I don't know. I, I, if you're going to choose the agents, use them in a way in the episode that tells you why you're choosing the agents and why they're the best ones for the job. You know what I mean? Right. I think they've done that a lot better in other episodes. So that's why I kind of grew on me once I was like, okay, why is R a lifter? <laughs> you know, it, another thing. Okay, so Mayhem Venom they got this huge ten million dollar jade head. How are they getting it out of there? Why? <laughs> why? Why are not you using switchblade? You know, get the cargo nets and haul the thing out by air. You're going to drag it out of there with the back end of uh, Stinger's claw. You know. Dragging down the uh, mountain. Ooh, don't mind me. I got this dragon head, $10 million <laughs> dragon head. What's he doing with it? What is, I want to know. I want to know what his full plan is, not just to find it. Ah, I don't know. And then uh, the other thing, too, that really killed me. They gave no explanation about those plants, the magical plants, the sleeping plants or whatever. We had no idea how they became magical. You know, they, they set that up so much and they they tease us at the beginning of the episode about these magical plants and they do different things and uh, all it did was put them to sleep. And there was real no explanation on why they were there and how they got these properties. You know, uh, just give me a little something to tie that in. But it was almost like, again, they're they're trying to do too much and not focus on one continuous story. Right. Oh, let's throw in magical plants. Oh, let's throw in a ape missing her baby. And I don't know. There was just too much like that. Okay. And then I guess this was probably more of a tick, but on the Thunderhawk conversion, when they go to defense mode and Thunderhawk converts. Yeah. Where the license plate area is, where you usually get that nice mask logo, or you get that um, the mask uh, 
itself logo or it says, right, right. you know, mask in more of the logo style font. It was just big black letters, mask. It looked like Scott was back there with a spray paint can and just sprayed <laughs> mask in the back of the Thunderhawk. I mean, come on. It was horrible. I don't know why they, the animators decided just to write in there, mask. You know, it was it was just, I don't know. It stood out to me like a sore thumb. I'm telling you. I did notice uh, that. I didn't mark it did up, but I did okay. notice it. Oh, I... I just I was like, "What? What is that? Give me that that cool mask logo back there." Well, like that... you said, Scott might have been trying the Krylon touch. That's all. <laughs> oh, the uh, the mask logo's worn off, Dad. Let me uh, <laughs> give me some spray paint. I'll just take care of it for you. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I just felt like this was not near the the top in. I was hoping it would be average more towards the middle, but I was like, no, there's just, there's too many gaps in there. So well, the bigger question is, are you still out of two? I'm still out of two. I'm leaving <laughs> out of two. No, it's not going any higher, not going any higher. And uh, if we keep talking about it more, I might drop it. <laughs> I just it's thought not that whole list, it's you would have dropped it by yourself. Yeah, it's not pain to power. I, I've, I'm holding that as my very low. But anyway, all right. Well, let's get on to some other people's opinions while we uh, we wrap up our opinions here. Uh, over on our poll, we uh, we'll do the math here. Unless you were able to change your vote. No, I wasn't uh, able to do the change here. We had 15 votes. There would be one five, five fours. Six for three and three for two. So nine out of the 15 were three or two. So that was definitely not their best. Uh, not, not the best episode, according to everybody who uh, who put in their vote. And uh, we did get a couple comments. Of course, Anna, she's always faithful in uh, in commenting. Right. She says this is an average episode. Its best moments include the part where Matt, Julio, and Scott are nearly killed by poisonous plants, and T-Bob saves all of them, and the scene is in the beginning where some of the special abilities of the mountain plants are being described. T-Bob had a couple of good comments, especially it's been nice knowing me when Thunderhawk is about to crash, and just like me at the very end, when they say how Sabala looks almost human. Still, I don't think the story is good enough or exciting enough to place this episode above average. The fight scenes were okay, but nothing more than that. Also, I thought the plants with the special abilities were more interesting than the jade. It surprised me a little that Matt took Scott and T-Bump along on the mission, since he normally is so careful with making sure they keep out of trouble. But maybe there wasn't enough time to take them back where they stayed yeah that's i was kind of surprised too when they're up in the air and oh shoot scott debar in the back seat and matt's being you know full-on attacked uh that kind of surprised me there too and then okay so she said the fight scenes were okay and while you were talking another point i meant to mention was we had one mask use this whole episode it was aura that well she used it twice okay so she used it to move the 
the lizard's back and then to move the head. But that was it. We didn't, nobody, the, nope. the freaking dudes weren't wearing their masks in this episode <laughs> when we wanted them to. Right. You know, when they needed to rush in to save T-Bob, when they needed to, you know, explore, they didn't have their masks on. Come on. <laughs> it's the name of the show. Okay. All right. I'm done. <laughs> um, we had one more comment too from Jade Von Weir who uh, she always goes into the great detail here. So I'm going to try to get through this. Uh, hopefully I won't miss out any of the, of the her important points here, but um, she says, it's an interesting, if confusing story, but the drawing was off. It does beat Panda power here. If just, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's at least on my page. Did like how the Jade dragon was drawn. However, nice too to see venom, was thwarted by not just masks, but by the lizards. I also like finding out how they got quinine from malaria patients. Um, I really do miss the days where you actually learned something from cartoons. Yeah, you know, even the PSAs was something. Right. Um, goes on to say, story was okay overall, but seriously, the bit with the mushrooms, uh, flowers, <laughs> annoys the tar out of me. Did as a kid, too. Probably why I remember the scene for years, in spite of not watching the show then. She's talking about she lives in a wildfire part of Texas. And I've never seen a flower like that. Um, uh, Why does the flower bit annoy me? Um, Here they were taught in elementary school that skulls on bottles mean poison or danger in general. So this scene, you see Matt, in spite of finding... Julio unconscious in there and the flowers, it's already a red flag. There's something dangerous there. Plus the human skulls among the, the cattle ones around the area. So there's, there's your uh, warning sign, Matt, to uh, grab Julio and get out of there, you know, or something. She goes on. Uh, he decides instead of going to get him safety to, uh, <laughs> to take, on the last poor Yurik scene from Hamlet, picks up the skull, says a stupid comment, and poisons himself. <laughs> this behavior made zero sense to me. Why do they not have Matt try and get Julio out of there? I mean, he could have at least attempted to get Thunderhawk to drive him to safety. Would have been more to character. I do like the bit where T-Bob rescues the two of them, and later Scott, as he does have many hero moments the out-of-sync light-up on his mouth aside, it was fun to see just how much the robot could actually carry. Yeah, that surprised me as well. Still, I wish they'd done prior scene differently to more along how Matt normally reacted. In fact, this is why I have trouble even getting through this episode. Okay, so the the bit with the 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 whole drama right before the halftime is what she mainly had a problem with, and I can... I can see that it was good. And it, like I said, it was to the point where I was, I don't know how in the world they're going to get him out of there. Cause they didn't really set it up. And then, you know, then it, then it kind of came to me as they're running through the jungle there. Oh, they're going to T-Bob's going to stumble on him or Scott is. I thought Scott that one time when he looked down, when uh, he was kind of looking for where T-Bob was amongst the fog that he was going to see Matt or Julio then. Right. But, uh, it was actually T-Bob that found them. So, and yay for T-Bob. That's a fun thing too. That's a, that's a positive note that 
you know, T-Bob's always the comic relief and yeah, we rag on him a lot or at least I do probably more than you do, but yeah. Uh, he does, he does have his moments and right. driving or flying Thunderhawk, you know, when Matt was sick that one episode and uh, I, I made him into a hero, you know, on YouTube there, you did. That, that music video. So he does have his moments. So, and, and his, and his purpose other than just being annoying. <laughs> so anyway, that's, uh, I think that's going to about do it for, uh, our comments. So we didn't talk about any kind of script similarities. Did you see anything or make any notes on that? I didn't see anything. I I did keep notes, but I didn't see anything that really stuck out. I didn't didn't make any notes on that either. I was just kind of ready to get this one done. <laughs> Let's get on to the next one. Episode 52. Uh, and speaking of which, that's uh, going to be our next one. Episode 52, The Royal Cape Caper. And uh, Venom was going to steal... I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Uh, this cape and helmet and then mass produced replicas selling them as expensive fakes. Now this seems like a more, you know, kind of practical plot episode for Venom where they're, they're trying to pass off fakes and make a quick buck. And uh, we're getting away from all the, uh, the mystery. Maybe the writers <laughs> after this episode was like, man, I'm tapped out on the mystery. We need to go on to something else right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get them a quick buck, and then uh, and then we'll get back to uh, the adventure. <laughs> exactly. Well, do you have any uh, any closing thoughts or comments on episode fifty one? Not on fifty one, but I do want to, you know, like we said at the opening, just want to shout out. Thanks for the being loyal followers. I'll call it. Maybe not loyal mm. listeners, right? Lately, <laughs> uh, we have been, like I said time has uh, really escaped us really but we are going to do our best to do be more frequent on MassCast, MassCast chat and we're trying to we're still trying to rope in uh, a few other maybe voice actors if not maybe try to find a, a, the writers or someone just to get this back into it because we miss it We it's not that we don't want to it's, it's time has just escaped us yeah. sometimes but thank you again for putting your comments in um, keep staying with us on the, the Facebook and our blog it, it, it's an honor it really is so just wanted to keep encouraging you because it's encouraging us to, to, to keep on track yeah definitely it's a, it's a shot in an arm which you know everybody needs once in a while just to keep pushing through and get a little adrenaline to uh, to uh, keep doing what they like to do and uh, we you know the comments and uh, even the, over at our other show there on Rediscover the 80s, we're getting a few comments here and there. Glad you're back and all this stuff. So uh, it's it's we appreciate those and and it is encouraging to kind of keep us uh, motivated and getting these episodes out right. on a regular basis. You know, even once a month at this point would be great. But um, I'm hoping we'll at least get in a, a couple times a month now. Right. And. Uh, get these recorded and produced and out to the masses. That's so. it. It's been fun, partner. It has been. This, Like I said, this has been a treat and hopefully more will come. But like I said, keep following us on our Facebook page, Twitter, 
Uh, keep following us on the blog at agentsofmass.com. And until next time, thanks for watching and listening to MassCast.